I want us to understand from these meetings, purpose of these meetings for us to realize that sometimes the things we call problems are created by ourselves, by the kind of confessions that we make. Statements are very powerful. Some of us do not realize that. And so sometimes we use our mouth very carelessly. And we end up thinking the devil is responsible. But I want to, these three days, x-ray one or two things for you. How that you can be able, not only to overcome negative confessions, but to be able to stay on the path of that which God has kind of crafted for you. One of the things that will really enable you to speak the right word is to have dreams about your life. When you have dreams about your life, then there is no circumstance around you that could make you to speak something negative. You can continue to speak about the dream that God has given unto you, and that which you are speaking will definitely come to materialization. It will materialize. And so, in the course of all this, I'm going to make you see... Sometimes one of the things, or some of the things that make us to speak negatively is the environment we're living in, the people that are around us, and things like that. But I'm going to take time to make you see that no matter the situation around you, your language is not supposed to change from what is already impressed in your heart. Your language must not change from the dream that God has really given unto you. You have to stay on course, believing and confessing that which you believe, and it's definitely going to come to be. Amen. Let's begin with we. I mean, like for instance, let's take a scripture here. Let me just start reading a scripture. Um, I tried to make you see last week. I'm sure Sunday or the other week. There are some things that the Lord has impressed in my spirit, even when I was young, when I was even not yet uh, what we call a believer. I have, I have been able to stand on those things. I have been able to keep speaking on those things. And I have seen them come to be. See, what I'm about to share with you is, is not, to a very large degree, peculiar only to believers. It's just like the issue of money. The principle is not just only to believers. Money works for any man who knows how to sow. Amen? Even so, the statement you make, the words you use, your conviction in life has a lot to do with the things that you finally receive in your life. And that is why you have people who talk about positive thinking. Have you heard things like that before? People like Norman Vincent Peale wrote books on positive thinking, the amazing result of positive thinking. And people who have been able to put such things into practice and the result they got. Because they just want to keep positive no matter what happened. And you tie that with one other book, I forgot the author, that talked about the power of praise. And you see miracles and situations coming to be because they believe that the more they praise God, even if the circumstances are bad, good results will come. Your words are powerful. You can create your future, you can create your life, you can overcome situations by the things you say. Confession. It's very powerful. So if you keep on complaining negative things, you're definitely going to be getting negative results. 
Because you're creating it. Okay, let's start something from Romans 10. Romans 10. Hallelujah. Let's start reading from verse number 10. Romans chapter 10 from verse number 10. And it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, everybody say mouth. Say it loud again. Very good. With the mouth, confession is made unto what? Now that, 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 that summarizes everything we are going to be talking about. It is what you believe in your heart that your mouth speaks. And what you speak is what you get. Amen? Hallelujah. With the heart, man believe it. Unto righteousness. And with the mouth. So listen, even if, listen, you can be righteous by believing in the sacrifice of Jesus. Is that all right? With the heart. But for you to draw from that realm of righteousness and what he has done to be saved, you have to speak it with what? With your mouth. So it's not enough to believe. You have to believe and you have to confess what you believe. So anything you believe and you confess, automatically becomes yours. You have to stay on it. Hallelujah. As we progress, maybe tomorrow we're going to see some instances. How many of you realize that Job's wife finally came to Job and said, why not you cause God and die? Is that all right? So I'm going to show you the confession of Job tomorrow. Confession as it were, even of Joseph, even of Paul. Some of you don't even realize that when Paul was writing the book of Philippians, he was in prison. The man was in prison, but he was saying rejoice. And I say rejoice always. How can you be rejoicing when you're in prison? You see, we kind of allow Satan to rob us. We kind of allow circumstances to rob us all the time because we're only looking at the environment we find ourselves. But that is not part of our salvation. For everything you see is temporary. Even the problem you have right now is a temporary problem. The only thing that abides which is eternal is that which is not seen. And your life and your salvation is hung up in the spirit dimension. Your confession brings into reality. Hallelujah. The word confession from this passage in the original Greek is homologio. Homologio. And it means to assent. To assent. That is to covenant. It means to acknowledge. When you acknowledge a thing, you believe it, you trust, you, you've concluded within your spirit, this thing is mine. You confess it. It also means to give thanks and to promise. Confess. What are the things you are acknowledging? When you acknowledge a thing, you believe in it that way. When you acknowledge a thing, you, it's like saying you've come to know that this is the way it's going to be. Hallelujah. The things you acknowledge are the things that come your way. They are the things you truly believe. 
in the depth of your heart, you've concluded this is what it's going to be. You have to see it and the believe into it and speak it. The more you speak about it, the more you are betting it in the natural. Are you still there with me? Hallelujah. When you acknowledge a thing, let me, let me explain this. When you acknowledge a thing, you, it is something that is, I will speak more about that maybe tomorrow. You see, when the Bible says the Lord will grant you the desires of your heart. Watch that. With the heart, man believe it. And the Lord will grant you the desires of your heart. But before God grants you the desires of your heart, you have to delight yourself in Him. Are you there with me? Once you delight yourself, God will bet certain desires in your heart. They become the things you acknowledge. And say, this is what the Lord has made me to see and I know He's going to bring it to pass. It will come to pass. Whether it be your healing, it will come to pass. Whether it be success in life, it will come to pass. You have to have it. You have to acknowledge it. This is me. Hallelujah. Now, somebody was asking me the question, or Pastor Kevin was making the statement, we have people who just say, name it and claim it. That's fine. Maybe I'm going to unveil some of those stuff as we progress. But the point is this. The things you name and claim are basically the things God that better than your spirit. You don't see somebody's car in the street and just pour oil on it and name it and claim it. You can get somebody's car. Amen? Hallelujah. I was telling you that I have a strong impression on this piece of land. How many of you remember? Strong impression. It kept coming. It kept coming. I, said, I need to have this land. It was a desire better by the Father. And the last moment, he said, you go and speak about the land and get it from this point to that point. And it's becoming a reality. I acknowledge this. I had it strong in my spirit. My heart believed in it. And I know it's going to be mine. I can tell you some of the stuff that I believed in when I was young that I'm even realizing now. Hallelujah. So now, the word salvation, with the mouth, confession is made unto what? Unto salvation. The word salvation is soteria. Soteria is not just talking about, yeah, you are saving Jesus Christ, you confess and you are saved. Yes, that's part of it. But the word soteria actually means to rescue. Safety could be physically or morally. To deliver, it means health. It means salvation. It means to be saved. Soteria. And you see, soteria is from the word soter. And soter actually means God or Christ. So soteria, you are actually talking about the saving grace of God. And that includes your health. So in the true sense of it, how many of you understand the scripture say, by his tribe, you were healed. Amen. Who is healing you? Christ. Salvation embraces your healing, your physical being. Not just that, it includes everything about your life. 
So the truth says, when you begin to get sick and you stand on the ground that I know I am healed, you are acknowledging the healing virtue from what Jesus has done. Healing becomes your portion. How are you going to get your healing? By your mouth. Confession is made unto what? Salvation. Did you get that? So even the thing is still there, you are dying and but you know, I know Jesus died in my place. I know my health was purchased for. Redemption included my health. Because by his stripe, I am healed. But you see, you are not just saying it because somebody asked you to say it in church. With the heart, my believe it. And with the mouth, confession is made. You see the connection? So you see, people can make confession, but they don't truly believe. That's why it doesn't work. But what you truly believe in the depth of your heart and you speak it with your mouth, it becomes a reality. It has to be a belief first. Then confession. Is that alright? We know Jesus died, but how many unfortunately believe that he died for our health? Sickness, he's killing us. Sickness, he's putting us where we are not supposed to be. How many of us have come to that belief? How many of you know that for you to believe, you are going to start disbelieving. Is that okay? For you to believe, you have to disbelieve certain things. Certain, you see, scripture says, who have believed our report. So there is a report that is given, and there is a report you have heard before. Which report are you not going to believe? So for you to believe the report of the Lord, you have to come to disbelieve the report that you have before. What is your head telling you? What has the medical field told you about your health? That your kidneys are gone, that everything are gone, and things like that. That's the report. Is that okay? But now, here comes another report that Jesus purchased you, purchased even your physical health on the cross. It's another report. Now, which report will you believe? The one you believe, speak about that one. Why stand all the time saying, I know my health is not good. Thank you, Jesus. I know my health is... Is that confession? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not talking about that kind of confession. I'm not talking about it. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Let me just move on because we have to keep checking on time here. Hallelujah. Then, Soteria... Soter, Christ or God. And another word for it is sozo, which actually means deliver or to protect. Literally or figuratively, it means to heal. It means to preserve. It means to save. It means to do well. Hallelujah. It means to be made whole. Sozo means to be made whole. So in the true sense, your salvation Includes your entire tripartite being, which is spirit, soul, and body. You are meant to be made whole. Now, you, that, that brings to mind what Jesus spoke to the leper that came after the ten lepers were healed, one returned. I'm not familiar the story. And then Jesus said, Go and be made whole. Is that alright? Now the point is, nine, I mean, ten of them were healed, 
but only one was made whole. Hallelujah. Now, if you are made whole, it means your spirit, you know, First Thessalonians 5.23, the Lord preserve your spirit, soul, and body, blameless, made whole. God wants you whole. Now, you must come to believe this. You must come to believe this. You see, I can tell you some things about my life that have really, really brought me certain times in life, of course, we can be shaken, our faith can be shaken, and so many things can happen to you, and you begin to draw from where you are supposed to be. But I was speaking to my uncle, Uncle Francis, and about three days ago here, we were just sharing or discussing certain things. I said, you see, we don't have faith. If we truly believe in the Lord Jesus, things will literally happen that we can see. I told you when I had an accident, and I came back home and they were trying to do all the traditional meds to fix the leg. And in the night, I was lying down and here was this man, very tall, walked into the room, picked the leg. I was seeing the man. Picked the leg and hit it on the bed three times. Say, look, God can hit this leg. Very angry. Walked out of the door. I woke up and I knew this must be God. I threw away everything. Now, I'm not saying go and throw away your glasses. You may not see. You have to have faith to do that. Amen. Are you getting what I'm talking about? I threw away all the medications. And I went into fasting and have to fast for seven days. At the end of the seven days, I was walking on crushes. I threw down the crushes. I was made whole. But that was because there was a revelation. Are you getting what I'm talking about? It's like saying, I saw him. You see what the scripture says? The word of God is what we see we have handled even the word of God. Praise the living God. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Is it something you can handle? Is it something you can see? Is it something you can feel? The word of God that we have handled. It must become something that is embedded in your spirit. And then you speak it with your mouth. Hallelujah. The more you speak about it, the more you're going to get it. If you can try to get if God can just give you an impression of what he really has in your life, your circumstance notwithstanding, you know you are a giant in this world. And you stay with that confession. Don't allow things to shift you out of it. That's what I'm trying to say. Some of us are where we are because of our belief system. And then the worst thing with the confessions that we make. Praise the living God. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18. Come and get this out. You can just turn your camera. Get it out. It's okay. Proverbs 18 verse 21. The King James says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life. Remember, you have to confess unto salvation. Amen? It also means you can confess unto death. Because death and life is in your mouth. 
So you don't only confess unto salvation, you can confess unto death. Are you getting that? Now listen, I'm saying all of this to say this. What you dwell on constantly and you pronounce becomes a manifestation. Praise the living God. Now let me read it from the message. He said, words kill. Words give life. If for anything we're going to be saying in this uh, three days meeting, if you can't remember anything, remember this one. Words kill and words give life. It simply means that there is so much in your life. You can determine... Your life, you can determine your future, you can determine your circumstance by the things you say. You know, sometimes we wrap ourselves with problems and we blame the devil. How do we do that? By the things we say. Hmm? Praise the living God. Words kill, words give life. They are either poison fruit. You choose the one you want. Listen closely. Words kill. Words do what? Give life. He said the words you speak, they are either poison or they are what? Fruits. Now if you eat poison, what happens to you? You're surely going to die. Poison will kill you. But if you eat fruit, you're going to get vitamins. You become stronger and stronger every day. You have a choice. God is saying, make a choice of what you want to eat. You drink poison, you're going to die. You eat fruit, you live. You have a choice. But everything is from your heart. Praise the living God. Because the point is... is you just cannot make statements until you first conceive what you want to say. You shall have had the time of meditating on these things. You've been brooding over whatever you're going to say. People who speak carelessly, they don't really think, I, I remember one of these guys that keep talking about Niger Delta problem and things like that. And Nobody made a statement recently. I think the president, I can't remember. He said, forget about that guy. He speaks before he thinks. <laughs> that means he doesn't mean the things he's saying. People who don't speak without thinking. You are supposed to think before you speak. You don't speak before you think. Because after speaking before you think, you may want to be swallowing the words you've spoken. But if you say them to people, you've already created a damage. Even if you try to retrieve them, they can come back. They're already poisoned. They poison your relationship. So you think before you do what? You speak. Why? Because words are poison. They either give life or they give death. And I'm not going to be speaking for you. You're going to be speaking for yourself. Don't forget Romans 10.10. 10. But the mouth confession is made unto what? Unto salvation. Hallelujah. To a large degree, 
The butterfly we made doesn't truly really create cocoon, but then it wraps itself around the cocoon. Alright? Everything comes from the silvery salts and the liquid coming from this head that is upside down. The butterfly being in the pupa stage, or as the case may be, but it just wrapped itself there. The substance which it wrapped itself is coming from within itself. Are you there with me? And then if he wants to come out of the cocoon at the end of the day, he begins to eat up. And then he breaks out of the butterfly. Everything is from the mouth. So you wrap yourself and you can break yourself loose. So deliverance is in your hand. By the things you confess. Amen. Praise the living God. It's very important you understand what I'm sharing tonight. Very important. Let's get on to James. I'm going to be spending just 45 minutes or there about talking these things to you. Let's get on to the book of the, the, gender, the danger of the use of wrong words or thong. James 3, let's look at 3 and 4. Read it. James 3, 3 and 4. Look at what it says. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that it may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Behold also the sheep, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small M, whereas if are the governor listed. Okay. Let me read this from the message. A small ruler on a huge ship in the hands of his skilled captain set a course in the face of strongest winds. Amen. Verse 5 says, A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly everything or destroy it. James 3 verse 5 from the message. Listen again. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly everything or anything or destroy it. The word can accomplish anything you want it to accomplish or it can destroy even the thing you're looking for. Now, if you read the whole of that place, the Bible tells us that the tongue is like a wall of fire. Amen? It means you can put yourself in trouble with the words that come out of your mouth or you free yourself. If you check the Bible, remember, when somebody came to give a story of the war front, what they saw, whatever, unto David. I mean, if you remember that. He came and said, I saw, I, I saw, and whatever. I even did it. He wanted favor. I said, you did? He said, yes. You, you mean you are the one? Say, said, okay, you're going to die. I'm sure he wanted to say, no, 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 I was trying to. <laughs> because he felt David was going to be very happy. But what killed the man? His own tongue. He cannot control his language. He cannot control himself. Anxiety, you know. Wrong impression of what he think he was going to get by the things he is going to tell the king. But he ended up being a dead man. Thong. The words you speak, they are going to create life for you 
or they're going to create death for you. Amen? That's why, you see, even if you're angry, to be honest, swallow your words. In fact, the best time not to speak is when you're angry. Though it's a difficult thing to do, but that's the best time not to ever speak. Because you may not be able to speak the right words. Amen? And it's very destructive. Words create, words destroy. They can create life for you, they can destroy the whole of your life, the whole of your future. Just words. It could be just one sentence, it could be just one pronouncement. Even if you turn around to say, Well, I didn't mean it, it's like it's too late. Like that man, I've gone to the king. There was no way he's going to say, No, no, I was only trying to think that you are going to be very happy. <laughs> it was too late. He paid for the tongue. Hallelujah. Husband and wife, very precise. You understand what we're talking about. You want a healthy marriage? Mind the things you say to one another. Children, fathers, very important. Mind the things you say to yourselves. Because you can either create life in the system or you create destructive powers to begin to function. Tomorrow you begin to call on the devil. You have nothing to do with the devil. You created the environment. Amen? You created the environment by the things you say. Hallelujah. There is life within your tongue. I gave you a story here a few weeks ago. 2007. I can just not forget that date. I was trying to speak to you on Sunday when I literally was giving up the ghost. I was lying on the bed. And I saw myself floating away. And the funny thing is, the one that was up was smiling. <laughs> I don't know what that means in any way. I can't really understand what was going on. But I saw myself and he was smiling, looking at me. Well, something happened to me and I could be able to speak one word. Oh God. Is this the way I'm going to die? Just that one word. And then I heard a voice. Luke chapter 5, reading from 17, I think, to 25. But basically it has to do with when Jesus spoke to the man that was paralyzed, that was brought down. Take up your bed and walk. I read that scripture. Energy came to my body. I jumped out of bed. I found that I was dying. And I was alone in the room. I'm sure if I have not spoken... I should have been gone. It's as dangerous as that. That the confessions you make, you need to check them. The statements you use. When you begin to oh God, like what kind of life is this? God is not going to help you. Why is life not treating me well? Fine, life is not treating you well. You're going to get wrong, wrong things because life is not treating you well. It's what you are saying that is what you're going to get. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Luke chapter 7. Confession is made unto salvation, sozo, health, success, wholeness. It's with your mouth. Listen, 
Even if anybody lays hands on you for healing, and you go out there and you begin to say, I know this sickness will kill me. You are not going to stay two days for the sickness to come back. Are you sitting there with me? <laughs> I know this sickness, the way it is, I know it will kill me. <laughs> You're jolly going to die because that is what you believe and that is what you are confessing. You die. Hallelujah. Look, Matthew chapter 5, I mean chapter 7. Let's look at 15. Matthew, please, I'm sorry. Matthew 7, I said. Matthew 7 from 15. i read up to verse 18. Very important. Look at it. Matthew seven fifteen. You know, I, I was... I was counseling with a lady recently and he said, I know because of what this man treated me, the way, the way this man treated me, no way I'm not going to look on any man's face. I said, can you, before we continue this discussion, tell God you are sorry for what you said? How old are you? Tomorrow, you will start saying your grandmother or somebody made you not to marry your words can entangle your life. Your age notwithstanding, you can still get married. Are you sitting there with me? Don't make useless confessions because of circumstances, because of what has happened to you. Your life is not embedded on what has happened. You still have a future in God. Praise the Lord. And it was good. The lady said, I'm sorry. You know why I'm saying that? I'm going to read this passage. You see that from Matthew chapter 12. Uh, uh, later again. But let, Matthew seven fifteen. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing. But in what lay they are revering wolf. And you shall know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thesis? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth what? Good fruit. Okay. You just move straight to mighty 12. What do prophets do? They prophesy. Meaning, they speak. Am I right? Come on. Are you there with me? Prophets are meant to do what? The prophesy. The major ministry of the prophet is words. Praise the living God. All right. Look at verse 12. I mean, chapter 12. Look at verse 31. Now, here Jesus was speaking, or rather healed somebody, and then people come around and say, well, he's using the spirit of Bezebub. Is that all right? That's the background to this picture here. And the verse 31, scripture says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Hallelujah. Because he said he was using the spirit of Bezebub. You know the meaning? You know that one. Okay. Let me just say something here. One of the major reasons I said that to that lady was because of the experiences I had some years back. When I was not yet a believer. I had a lady that was staying next door in a village where I was teaching. Some of you have heard me spoken about this sometime. Now this lady, we in their beliefs and teachings she wakes up almost 
let me say around 11 o'clock in the night, and that is when I'm supposed to go to bed, and she starts speaking in tongues, and our wall was very thin, you know, in the village, thin wall. She will be speaking in tongues down till around 4 a.m. the next day. I can hardly sleep. And then even when I manage to wake up, come in the morning, and I'm trying to listen to BBC to get some news, and she walk to me and say, hey, listen to me. You are going to go to hellfire. I said, what's the problem? So why are you listening to news? I said, man, just news? Then one day I said, hey, listen, listen. Her name was Carol. I said, Carol, listen to me. Because of you, I will never be a Christian. And even if I'm a Christian, I won't speak in tongues. Because you are disturbing my sleep, and you are here telling me I'm going to hell. I mean, <laughs> now let me, let me show you the importance of that statement, and the strength of that statement. Three years later, I got converted, miraculously. And we had a conference at the Loring, Queen Elizabeth Secondary School then. And then, after the meetings, there was an announcement that those of us who cannot speak in tongues, who have not been speaking in tongues, you come out. You're going to pray for baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then I came out, and that was around um, 9.30. And here we are. And this guy, he said, if he prays for you, he doesn't speak in tongues, he doesn't leave you. <laughs> and we started praying from around 9.30 to 11. No tongue. I said, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> I was trying to say, can we leave it tomorrow? He said, no. I don't pray for people to speak in tongues. I did not speak. I let them go. Ah, I know I'm in trouble. Then he said, have you ever spoken against the Holy Spirit once? I said, oh, yes, I did. So when was that? He said, oh, years back. Uh, because of this lady. It's all right. Now, can you just say you are sorry to the Holy Spirit? Remember what I've just read. If you speak against the Holy Spirit, confession. And I said, okay, is that all? I said, just tell the Holy Spirit you are sorry. Listen, I have not even finished saying I am sorry. That was all. He didn't pray anymore. I started speaking in tongues from that 1130 I went to the hotel. The hostel were saying, I can't stop. And I become the one disturbing people. I went to the bedroom. I can't stop. The next morning, I was still on the business, speaking in tongues. Queen Elizabeth, I belong in Quara State. But all of those bowels, I mean, all of those well of life was shut up because of what I said years back. Some of the things you are suffering today are the things you said yesterday. You need to go back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I said this about my life. Some of us said, I won't marry a Nigerian. Some said, I won't marry Yoruba. Some said, there are so many things women used to say. Not me. God forbid. <laughs> I can't. Me? No. Are you there? Marry pastor. Now, God forbid, marry pastor so that I become a beggar. You make statements and you don't know what God has for you in life. We need to go back and say, God, I'm sorry. That is the only thing you need for your deliverance. We see some ladies and say, why did this, this father even give birth to me on this heart? 
It's like saying, may God cause the day I was born. And if after the day you were born I've been caused, you want to succeed? You're already a cause man. Who caused you? Not your father, your tongue. Are you getting what I'm talking about? See, some of the problems we are in today have nothing to do with anybody. But the things we said, even carelessly, unknowingly to us, we place ourselves under what? Under a cause. Especially when situations are bad. I regretted, I regretted marrying you. I regretted being a Nigerian. If you regret being a Nigerian, how are you going to succeed in the country? Because automatically it's a bad place for you. You regretted being born in a Nigerian? Oh, so you think you can choose your bad place? <laughs> you will have done that. But since you couldn't choose your bad place, not even who to give birth to you, you have no cause to regret for being born at all. You were born with a purpose. Are you sitting there with me? You are to fulfill your purpose and you have to see it clearly. Look at your base. Hmm? Can you see the confession of this man? The Bible says his name means sorrow because the mother gave birth to him in sorrow. But you know what he said? Lord, enlighten my cause. He ended up saying, don't let my life be a sorrow to anybody. But he didn't say change my name. Some of you want to change your name. From Umkoro to, to Michael. You think that will change the thing? No, no, no. It's not Umkoro to Michael that brings the... No, 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 no. You just change. You see, you can change who you are by the things you say and the things you believe. Amen? Nothing to do with the name. Well, people overseas who are mighty people, ministers of God, some of them are called Henry Plokros. What is... Eh? <laughs> eh? Table and uh, all kind of thing. Yeah. Bush! Even snail. And they are doing well. Snail. If you were to be a snail, you say snail is very snow. So because snail is very snow, therefore you are going to make progress. It's your mind. Nothing to do with the pronouncement of a name. Amen? It's like, <laughs> it's like, you see people, have you seen people call moto in Nigeria? Moto. What happened? Why they call them moto? Your mother could not get to the hospital. Hebrews women. They were moving on the road, they deliver and say, your name is moto. <laughs> Glory to God. And it makes no difference in their life. They're going to be successful people. Amen? Praise the living God. Man, confession is very powerful. The things you say about your life, about your background, about where you're coming from is very important. Change your confession by changing the things you believe. Praise the living God. Look at verse 32. Matthew 12. And whosoever is speaking a word against the Son of Man shall be forgiven him, but whosoever is speaking against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Now, for those of us who are familiar with us in this meeting, you know what that means. Is that okay? Speaking against the Son of Man, speaking against the Father, and forgiving, speaking against the Holy Spirit simply means God came to save man through Israel. People said he's the God of the Jews. And then he came as a human being in Christ, son of God. He said, well, it's Jesus of Nazareth. 
And God said, well, if you can't accept me as God, if you can't accept me as the son of God or son of man, I will come as the Holy Spirit. If you reject the Holy Spirit for your salvation, I'm not coming in another form. But the day you say, thank you, Jesus, then you're going to receive your forgiveness because no man can call upon the name of the Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Is that all right? It means in the true sense, there is no sin that cannot be forgiven. That's a simple truth. Amen? Some other time on that. Verse 33. Look at it. I can make the tree good. What is the tree here? Your life. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? The tree speaks about yourself. Now, I can make the tree good. How do you make the tree good? By the things you say. And it's fruit good. What is going to be the fruit of the tree? The success about your life. The things, the exploit you are going to make about life. Or making life. These are the trees. I mean the fruit of the trees. Either make a tree good. And its fruit good. Is that alright? Hallelujah. Or else. You have an option. Remember Proverbs 18. Or else make the tree corrupt. And its fruit uh, corrupt. For the tree is known by what? By its fruit. Now, let me read this from the message. Verse 33 says, If you grow a healthy tree, you pick healthy fruit. If you grow a diseased tree, you pluck worm-eating fruit. The fruit tells you about the tree. Verse 34. You have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are so foul-mouthed? Check that. Amen? It is your heart, not the dictionary. I like this place. Listen very closely. I'm reading verse 34 of the message translation. It is your heart, not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words. Hallelujah. Amen? A good person produces good deeds and wears season after season. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these callous words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. I'm reading the Bible. Are you sitting there with me? He said, in the King James says, every idle word, you shall give account on every idle word. This one says, every callous word spoken will haunt you. Is that alright? Don't pursue after you. Callous words. I just give you my simple illustration now. Words spoken, yes, before salvation. We're after me. Until I repented of them. I couldn't speak in tongues. With a free gift of the Holy Spirit. I couldn't get the free gift. Because I spoke against it. Is that alright? So there will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Verse 37. Words can be your salvations. Where can also be your damnation. What is it? Words. Is that alright? Words can be your salvation and words can also be what? Your damnation. Don't blame anybody. 
You are creating your world. It's going to be a good environment or a bad one. You are just the one creating it. What are you saying? What do you want to become? What is your life like? I remember when I was in school, my wife used to ask me, said, why did you have to do finance? Every day I see you do things, you are so technical, you are so electrical. Why did you have to do finance? I said, I have a story on that. The story is this. I was really good in mathematics. I was good in the science. My physics, I was always coming. Sometimes people tell you, well, people say things about them because nobody was there. I don't have time to say all of that. But if the people can go back to my secondary school, you check my result. I was doing so well in physics. I was doing so well in mathematics. As a matter of fact, I really wanted to be a science student. But when I got to class three, I had a problem with my math teacher. This guy, if I ask simple question, will walk to me and give me a knock on the head. He won't say shut up. He will come and give me a knock on the head. His name is Aruno from Ulelobo. My goodness. I said, what is the problem? He said, shut up. I said, well, if it is because of mathematics. He was teaching on two subjects, mathematics and French. And I was so good, even in French. Got to the point, I said, okay, mathematics, no more. If it's coming, I fly through the window. No more mathematics. So right from class three till I finish school, no more maths. But I was still doing well without mathematics. And then one day told me, he said, listen, you have no future without maths. I said, watch me in this life. I'm going to surprise you. With your mathematics, you're not going to be where I'm going to be. I told the man. And I don't know where he is today. Are you there? That is why I didn't do science. Because I know there was no point going to science without mathematics. I shut myself off from science because I objected to pursuing mass any further because of that man. But I said something. I said, Lord, I want to be a lecturer. And I know how I'm going to go about that. So I went for art subjects. If I find out in particular that I read when I was to do a final exam, the whole school, we don't have a final student. And when I went to my principal to register me to write fine art, he said, there is no fine art student here, so you can't register fine art. I have to recruit four boys. I say, you come, I'm going to teach you fine art. And then we became five. So I went back to him. I said, now we are five. <laughs> I know where I'm going and I know what I wanted. I'm not going to allow that man's spirit to run down my future. And I did that and they registered us. All of us who entered, because I have to go recruit one teacher from Ole to be coming once or twice a week to teach us on the final exam. All of us who entered the Gordia exam. In fact, most of them ended up studying fine art, which is the only subject they could credit. One of them has a private school now. We did that. He who read so much and was giving people's knock, I don't know where he is now. No man can shut your future if you know where you're going to. Amen? Confess where you are going to. Believe where you are going to. When we finished, I came back and uh, they took me to, they said, what does my parents have me? What do they want to do? I said, I'm going to school. Another one, I said, yes. So where are you going to start from? I said, I have to go and teach. 
And they took me to the local government authority there and they looked at my stores. I had alpha in geography. They said, you should go and teach geography. I said, no, I'm not teaching geography because if you ask me to teach geography, at the end I can't pursue it because I need mathematics. I'm going to teach finance. I know where I was going. Amen? That's how I did fine for one year and I went into the school and I came out. At least. I ended up becoming a lecturer. It doesn't matter whether you are lecturing in physics or finance. We are all lecturers at the same level. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm talking about? I know where I'm going to. You're not going to run me down. If you have the future, you will get there. Hallelujah. So don't let anybody shut you down. Don't let your confession mess you up. God has created you with all ability to fulfill potentials in life. There is nowhere you can get to. Age is not going to stop you. Oh, come on. I read something recently. A mother of, I think, 86 or 68 in Kenya. He looked at the president. Kenyatta. And he said, man, for you to fulfill destiny, you have to go to school. A woman of 68 years got on uniform and went to the primary school in Kenya. And they came to the, 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 the children and said, why do you allow this? They said, our mother said she has a future to fulfill. And the only way she can fulfill the future is to know something here. So she must go to school. Come see this woman with uniform playing ball with children. Primary one in school. You can't stop people who know where they are going to. It doesn't matter your age. Man, your age can't stop you. There are people who get retirement today and plug into another job. Confess what you want. Dream out what you want. Believe what you want. Let it come from the heart. You are going to arrive. No power can stop you. The Bible says with your mouth you can make a tree good or make a tree corrupt. How are you going to make the tree good? By confessing good things about your life. No devil can stop your confession because it is better by the spirit. Where the heart man believe it and where the mouth confession is made unto what? Unto salvation. Can you please stand up and give a thanks unto the Lord tonight? Hallelujah! No power can stop you. No power can stop you. No devil can stop you. Come on, let's begin to talk to the Father. I want us to pray at this moment. I want us to pray at this moment. There are some things I want you to begin to think about.